0: we as a municipality recognized that climate change um, is going to impact our residents and the um, our environmental department wanted to look at what are the possible three or four major factors which could affect the municipality um, going forward like in a in hundred years time horizon and out of that came really the issues of water and water availability and scarcity, food, and of course seeing as we're a coastal city, the impact of any rise in sea levels could have on our beaches and our infrastructure because we are pretty much geared around around a tourism initiative. Uh, We're known as Surf City in South Africa, so it was trying to get an understanding of what those impacts could be on, on the assets that we have on the coastline at present.
1: Uh, doctor, if you were to explain to somebody, that an ordinary person that does not know about sea level rising, what is sea level rising?
0: Okay, sea level rise um, is when, if you stand on a beach and look, and you look out to sea, over time... Um, It doesn't happen instantaneously. Obviously you've got waves and you've got tides and those you'll see changing like every six hours or so. But long-term sea level rise means that over a long sustained period, the water levels are either rising or the converse can in fact be true. You can be standing on ground that is sinking. But the net appearance of that is that the water moves closer and closer towards you. In other words, it starts to inundate more area of land. Now, in terms of sea level rise due to climate change, that's predominantly because of two main factors. One is that we have higher temperatures. So we have higher air temperatures, which means we get higher water temperatures. Water expands when it warms up. Not by very much, But if you think about the whole ocean extent, and if that warms up by a couple of degrees, that expansion causes the water levels to to raise. And then the other aspect is the melting of polar ice caps and glaciers, which at the moment those are frozen storage areas. But when they melt, they join the ocean water, so there's more volume of water coming into the oceans. That, again, also increases the height of the sea level, which will induce this movement of the water inland.
1: And then where exactly did you conduct the study, and what was the methodology that you used?
0: Okay. I conducted it, obviously. um, I actually enrolled uh, part-time for a a Ph.D. degree, and in fact that's what my Ph.D. is on, and the, my methodology basically was to access the data that we have on sea level changes that we record um, using our South African naval tide gauges. The Navy has a set of tide gauges in, ma- in all the major ports. Um, and then I was also able to access tide gauges from Mozambique, Kenya, Tanzania, Madagascar, Reunion, and Mauritius, and Namibia. And using all of those tide gauges, I was able to see what trends um, sea levels were doing. And there is some variability in the region, but by far the most sea level rise um, from the observations that I was able to look at was actually on the KZN coast, those rising just under 3 millimeters per year.
1: And then, Doctor, um, when you completed the the study, what what were your findings?
0: Well, I found basically in KZN, the sea levels were rising at 2.7 millimeters per year, historically. In the Cape, they were rising at about 1.6 millimeters per year. And on the west coast, the Namibian side, it was rising at 1.8 millimeters per year. That's historic. What I also did is had a look at possibly what the future projections of sea level rise could be using some of the global um, research that's been conducted by other institutions around the world and there's been evidence that sea level rise are is not is not um, building up in a uniform manner there's actually a slight acceleration, so it's like uh a speeding a speeding up of the rate of sea level rise, mainly because of emissions and all the other things that humankind is doing to the planet's climate. But if you look at that, we get a slight acceleration. So we're looking at um, three different scenarios which we modelled um, to to see what the impacts would be on the Durban coastline. And we used 300 mils, which is essentially the current rate of sea level rise, is the a doubling of that, 600 millimeters, and an extreme case of one meter of sea level rise. Uh, these time frames for those figures are approximately 100 years. So we looked at those, the impacts of those three, 300 mils, 600 mils, and a meter of sea level rise, and we are able to identify vulnerable areas along our coastline. Um, in some cases, we have where it's been an opportunity to relocate those high-risk assets away from the coast. We've managed to do that. But there are still significant areas of the Etiguini coast which will be in that risk zone in, in the future.
1: What will be the implications for, for um, the coastal cities?
0: Okay. From an engineering point of view, there's essentially there's two, two basic options. There, there are other things, but in a built-up area, there's only two options that really present themselves. One, you can remove the risk to whatever piece of infrastructure you can by relocating it inland. Unfortunately, that is not always possible for a number of reasons. A particular asset may need to stay in the position that it's in it could be a uh, sewage pump station where it's gravity feed to the pump station. So without doing major radical changes to the system, that would have to stay there in the, the medium term. Then in those cases, the only way to secure the, um, or reduce the risk to that infrastructure is by defending that piece of infrastructure, and that could be by creating sea protection around the structure pretty much an expensive process, but um, if it's not technically feasible to do anything else, then we're left with no option but to do that.
1: So would you say that town planners or builders are actually, even now, continue to, to build buildings in vulnerable areas?
0: Look, I think it probably still happens, but I would like to believe that it doesn't happen as much as it used to. If you're within... 100 meters of the coast you have to follow an environmental impact assessment and I know that for all the environmental impact assessments that are conducted in, in our own municipality those model scenarios that I was talking about are mapped out by the developer on the site that he is wishing to develop just to make sure that he understands the potential risks on that site before he commits to, to something that might cost him a, a lot of money down the track. So I think we are much better at recognizing that risk now. I think if we go back 10 or 15 years, we probably were aware of the risk, but we hadn't really got to grips with understanding the extent of it. And our environmental authorities are obviously very vigilant when it comes to building within the, the coastal zone which is an area, obviously, not only the water side, but actually immediately adjacent on the beach and dune systems. So I think we are much better at doing it. But there's a lot of infrastructure that's already been built that needs to continue to work into the future, which is where probably our biggest risk exposure is.
1: Are the suburbs or buildings that are at risk at the moment?
0: Not uh, not. Not uh, buildings that basically are in private ownership. There are very, very few of those. There are a number of municipal buildings and infrastructure which are in the risk zone. If you pick out Mschlange, for argument's sake, we have a life-saving facility which is built right on the beach. That's obviously in the risk zone, but that's something that needs to be right where it is. It's one of those problems, how do you have lifesavers close to the bathers to make sure that they can perform their duties and save lives if they are located so far back, but the time that they get to the beach, the person may have already uh, gone too far in terms of having a problem. So those ones the municipality has to balance. We have to still put some infrastructure in that risk zone, but what we do try and do is not to too much money. In other words, not, if, if something small and appropriate can be done, we rather do that because we know at least if that gets washed away or damaged, it's a smaller financial burden to the municipality than to build a, a big fancy building which is going to cost a lot of money to replace if it is damaged. But to say that predominantly it's municipal infrastructure and buildings that are um, in the risk zone at, at present.
1: Doctor, to do understand you correctly, this danger um, could happen in the next 100 years?
0: I don't really refer to it as a danger, but it's, a, it's a, I'll refer to them as risks. The, the risk of a big sea storm, it's always there. I mean, we had a big sea storm in 2007, I don't know if you remember that then, there was a lot of damage in Durban and there was one in 2008 in Cape Town, also a lot of damage if we have a combination of higher sea levels because of climate change, global warming, and we have a similar-sized storm, we will see more damage because the sea is able to penetrate further inland than it did when the sea levels were lower. So it's not going to be we're going to wake up one day and suddenly like it's the danger is already on us. It's going to be a slow build-up and we're going to get more and more regular damage to our infrastructure until it becomes actually quite in a hundred years i'm i'm now looking at my crystal ball and saying that in a hundred years we might get damage once a month whereas now we only get it once every two or three years
1: um how has the municipality um, um reacted to your to your research
0: i think it's been quite positive um it's incorporated into the municipal um, geographic information systems, um, and the information that we've generated as part of that project is used by our planners in the assessment of, of new buildings, etc., and infrastructure. And in fact, our provincial authorities have also utilized it for uh, information relating to any environmental impact assessments on our coast. So I think it's gone down well. I think people are beginning, I think. Generally, people now are far more environmentally conscious, I think, than our, our parents or our parents' parents. So if there is information that they can utilize, I think generally most people do incorporate that and use that to guide, guide development. So I've, I've seen a very positive response to it. Climate change, I suppose, is negative altogether. There are very few positives, but um, let's say the research has been positively received by, by all the users.